we so often have a plan we have a way that we want to see it done and Lord the word does say to put our requests in front of you it does say that but Lord you all throughout your word you respond to people according to where their heart is and we can put on all we want we can make it look like something that it's not. Because the reality of what it is, Lord, you know that. We're sitting here today in these pews all facing one direction and you know exactly what's going on in my heart. Every one of us in here can say that. And so, Lord, we, we, we want that to be a very common narrative in our, in our lives. This song saying, Lord, here's my heart. And not saying anything else after that. Because, Lord, it communicates to you something that is uh, paramount. That we solely and completely believe, Father, that you have us taken care of. So we simply say, here's our heart. Here's my heart, Father. And you have your way afterwards. <laughs> we thank you so much that you're not a God of control. You don't make us do anything. However, Lord, you, you open doors for us and you, you ask us to walk through those doors. And so, Lord, as we sit here and we say, here's my heart, here's our hearts. Lord, have your way. Open up doors so that we can be, be obedient to walk through them this morning. I pray that this word hits us in our heart. Lord, you will see if it does or if it doesn't. Because <laughs> you see it all, Father. There's nothing we can hide from you, Father. Nothing. But this morning, Lord, we need the Holy Spirit to open this up for us. We need the word of God to penetrate deep into our hearts, Father. Because that's where life is. That's where you are. That's where you reside. And we want more of you this morning. So, Father, we need you. We love you. We say, here we are. And come and be a part of this, Father. We invite you in here. We love you and we need you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. You guys can be seated. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much for being here this morning. I always say you guys could have spent time somewhere else, but you decided to show up with us. Amen. Thank you for that. You guys got a little bit of an idea of what today's going to be like with Beck and the announcements. Um, yes, today's about service. But anytime we talk about anything here at ESS Christ Fellowship, it has to come from the Word. So I'm not just going to sit up here and talk about my opinion of, hey, we need to serve, it's a good thing to serve. We're going to look at it in, in the Word. And there's some amazing things um, that are spoken of when it comes to serving in the house of God, but also in the Word. Um, and I want to be able to communicate that to you guys this morning. For this reason, we are going to be jumping into, and I've told you this before, we're going to be jumping into the book of Romans here at the first of the year. But that means that we have some Sundays 
that um, not like we need to find something to fill those Sundays with. Don't hear me say that at all. What I'm saying is that these last few Sundays, what the Lord has done with us is he's, he's pushed us to this place where in the holiday season, if we can wrap our heads around what it means to serve, it can take a time of year that is hard for some people and bring light to it. It can take something that can be a drudgery connecting with family and make it better. I'm not saying that the holiday season is always like that for everybody. I'm not saying that. Because for me, it's great. Like, I love it. I love seeing my family. I love seeing uh, crazy people, you know. Everybody in my family is crazy. It's good stuff. But I know that there's the other side of the spectrum. Now, I've heard it said before that if there's something that you are not getting in your life in return, as in, like, appreciation. If you don't feel appreciated in your life, Go start appreciating people. And it'll fill that void. If you don't feel loved, go love. If you don't feel like you receive much, go give. And the reason for that is, is it takes you outside of yourself and puts you in this realm with the Lord that it's not about me. I believe that in the Christmas season, if we have an idea, mentality of serving, it could make it so much more enjoyable. Even if it is enjoyable. Does that make sense? Like it I'm not talking like for everybody it's crappy. Okay. <laughs> Please don't hear me say that. But if it's good for you, if you want it to be better, think about this. Serve in this time. Serve in these last few remaining uh, weeks of the holiday season. But I'll say this. What we're about to get into today with service goes beyond December 25th, alright? It's a foundational and fundamental aspect of being a follower of Christ. You leave ESS Christ Fellowship someday, God is still going to ask you to serve. Jesus is still going to ask you to pour yourself out. And we'll get into that. So it's not just because you're here that all of a sudden Jesus is just talking about serving and um, it's a good time to do that. I'm, I'm saying we're, we're getting into something that's foundational. And I want you to walk away with that this morning. That what we're about to go over is not just about being a Christian. I don't necessarily like using the word Christian. Everybody's like, wow, pastor, just what? You said that? Yes, I did. Because in the word, the word Christian is only used twice. And it's not used as a term of endearment. Hey, you guys are Christians, that's great. It's used to mock people who look like Jesus. It's only used twice. But the word disciple is used 261 times. Those of you who have been here for a while have heard me say that before. If the Lord is using that word disciple 261 times, you know what that word means? Follower of Christ. I think he's trying to say something. Because what I can do as a Christian is I can put on all day. I can make myself look like a Christian. Yeah, I can do Christian things. I can have Christian men mentalities and, and, and Christian language. But what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? You know what Matthew 7.20 says? It says they will know them by their fruit. I tell you what, I want to be known by my fruit. But I want my fruit to be that I'm a follower of Jesus. Amen. Not that I just park myself in church. And call myself Christian. You can park your your uh, car in a garage, all right. 
But just because you sit in church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Does that make sense? Yes. I may have said that a little weird. <laughs> just because you sit in a, in a garage doesn't make you a car. How about that? But just because you sit in church doesn't make you a Christian. It's about following Him. Amen? Amen. What we're about to get into is about is one of those foundational things of following Christ's service. Are you with me this morning? Alright. So, in asking the Lord to show me how to present this stuff, what you have in your bulletin is that insert that Beck did a good job of explaining to you. I'm going to refer to that at the end of service. Because if I am to be a good leader, what I have to be able to do is take care of the sheep. That's my purpose. Take care of the sheep. And if this is a foundational, fundamental truth of following Christ, then there has to be ways that I can give you guys areas to serve in. Does that make sense? I can't just ask you to serve and then there's nothing to do here. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's a lot to do here. But let me preface this. It's already been communicated. Ain't nobody asking you to take over a ministry. I'm not asking that. I'm just saying, at the end of the service, what is the Lord going to say to you about serving? But I asked Him to take me somewhere. In the Word, there's a bunch of places where, when it comes to serving. Take me somewhere in the Word where it, it would be able to be best communicated on this day in this moment. And uh, He's a good God. <laughs> Took me to Mark 10, 35 through 45. I know it says 34 through 35 on the screen, but it's 35 through 45, alright? I want you guys to be able to be opened up to that scripture. Make sure you're there. If you don't have a Bible, there might be one in the, in the pews. Just don't pick up one of the hymnals because you're not going to find any scripture in there, right? Make sure you got a Bible. But I'm going to sum up this passage real quick, and then we're going to go through and read it. I'm going to pick some things out of it, all right? Then I'm going to take you to 2 Kings 4 because there's something about this question that I'll, I'll get to and I'll just I'll put it out there now I, I put it out there later on in the first service but what is your most effective position in the kingdom we're going to answer that question at the end of this service alright what is your most effective position in the kingdom but here's a story alright of the twelve disciples you know talking to Jesus about some stuff but there's these two disciples that are highlighted in this passage and it's James and it's John now this story is also communicated in Matthew 20 starting in verse 20 and the little heading of that paragraph if I say this right is preferment asked that's the the nature of this story now preferment is just a glorified word of saying promotion so here are two disciples being highlighted because they're about to approach Jesus about a promotion. Alright? So just understand, that's the context of this. Now James and John, alright, these boys crack me up. They get enough gall to go ask Jesus a question. But they preface the question with a statement. They walk up to him and they say, you know what, we want you to do everything that we ask of you for us. <laughs> okay. That's, that's kind of a tall order. I can just see them in the back. You know, if you ever see people on TV getting hyped up for a situation, they're like shoving each other and hitting each other in the head, and it's just, 
the only reason I say that is because I played football and that's what we did. We just ran into things just to get hype, you know? So I see them in the background doing this, getting hype, getting ready to ask Jesus a pretty pointed question, but who in their right mind would walk up to the Son of God and say, I want you to do everything that I ask you to do for me? It's pretty bold, isn't it? Now what I love about how Jesus responded is He actually entertains this statement. And the I love it because it, it's, it's Jesus' character to do so. But I love how Jesus answers people's questions in the Bible. He always answers the question according to where the person's heart is. Now, if that means that he has to ask a question to reveal where that person's heart is, he'll do it. Pharisees. He does it with the Pharisees all day long. I mean, they're trying to catch him in all kinds of stuff. And he gets at the fact that that's exactly what they're trying to do. Plenty of stories where Jesus responds to them and reveals their heart that they're more so after their own traditions than they are after having a right relationship with God. So that's what he's about to do here. And he just says to them, what can I do for you? And they say, okay, open door. Now we're going to ask. All right, here we go. Get your confidence going. And they say, grant to us that we would be able to sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. And he responds by saying, you have no clue what you're asking. No clue whatsoever. And then he responds with a question and says that, will you be able to drink of the cup that I drink from? Will you be able to be baptized by the same baptism that I was baptized by? And in all of their gusto and you know, confidence in the moment, they say, we are able. And I can just hear Jesus saying, Got him. Here we go. <laughs> and then he, he, he comments and responds by saying, Okay, you will drink of this cup that I drink of. And you will be baptized in the same baptism that I was baptized by. But to sit on my right and to sit on my left, that's not up to me. Now the reason he was saying that, I'll get to this later, was because... Jesus was trying to communicate that his own seat was not set up by him. His own seat was set up by the Father. Now you got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are needed. But he's trying to communicate something about authority. And the reason why we can say that he's trying to communicate something about authority is what he responds to them with next. So he gets done saying, look, that's not for me to decide. That's for my Father to decide. Now when we read this, it doesn't say... That's for my Father to prepare. But if you go to the Matthew 20, 20 passage, that's what it says, that it's for His Father to prepare those seats on the right and the left. But then He jumps into this narrative about authority with the Gentiles. And it, at first glance, it seems off-kilter, but it's exactly what the disciples needed to hear. Because He then begins to speak to all the disciples, not just James and John. And he says this, he says that, do you recognize the leaders and the authorities of the Gentiles and how they lord that authority over the people? Well, I don't want it to be that way with you. Because this, if you are after being number one, I'll make you last. If you're after being first, I'll make you a slave. If you, wanting, if you are wanting to be great, I'll make you serve. So he responds to the disciples and says exactly what every heart of those disciples needs to hear. Because that's Jesus' character. 
He responds exactly to what your heart needs to hear. Now the question is, are we going to be able to listen to that? And then walk through the open door. I'll get to that in a second. Are you guys chucking with me this morning? But he ends the whole thing with this comment in verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. We're looking at a couple of disciples who want to make their way up in the chain of command. And this is I skipped this part. I didn't get to it. For whatever reason, I did the same thing in first service. But verse 41, we'll get to this. The disciples, the other ten, became indignant towards those two disciples. Okay, this is key. Indignant just means they were upset. They're kind of, ugh, how could they do that? But the way Jesus responded about authority and said, if you want to be number one, I'm going to make you last, he was speaking to all of them. So he revealed not just James and John's heart, but all of the disciples' heart. You would think they became indignant because how could you ask Jesus that question? And Jesus, and I'm sure they probably put on that that's what they were saying, how dare you? And then Jesus just whap, smacks him in the face by saying, your heart's the same way, so I don't know what you're getting all up in arms about. Does that make sense? So let's read this. Let's get this story in us and then we'll, we'll kind of go back and see the Lord's mode of operation here. Better be Jesus calling. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just had to say that. Um, so Mark 10, verse 35. It says, James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant that we may sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you shall drink. And you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Again, Matthew 20, 20 says, For my, my Father has prepared. Verse 41. Hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John. Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Do we get an idea what's going on here? We understand the, the context of this story. There's a lot happening in these scriptures. And it's so potent. It's good. We understand that obviously James and John get enough in them to go ask the Lord something. And even the nature of their question reveals where their heart's at. Do for me what I want you to do. How often do we approach God that way and don't even know it? 
Sometimes we're saying, hey, I need, you to, I need you to help me out in this situation, but I need you to do it this way. And if it doesn't happen this way, then God, you're not listening. <laughs> Man, we say that all the time. I'm telling you, look, that's not exactly the best way to go about it. <laughs> all right? But he entertains us. I love it. He never takes his hand off of us. He never does an answer. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And they, they come with their question. But in verse 38, Jesus responds by saying, you don't know what you're asking for. But then he says, are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized by the baptism which I am baptized? And they respond. And he says, okay, you will. You know what the next few verses communicate? If you were here maybe two, three weeks ago when I was preaching on the Sabbath and how the Sabbath is a memorial to creation, that the Lord took six days to create the world. And then he rested on that seventh day so that we could remember our creator. He's saying to us, look, slow down, stop. You need to set aside a day because I said so. That's a big one for me. <laughs> Slap me in the face. All right? Do you know what a, that the baptism, water baptism for us is a memorial to the resurrection? So he's talking about the cup that I drink and the baptism upon which I've been baptized. When you accept Christ into your life, you then get to experience the fellowship of His suffering. Does that make sense? You see that? That's in Philippians 3.10. And the power of His resurrection. Alright? So that's what He's referring to. They say we are able, and He's like, you're right. Because when you claim my name, you walk out into that world and you wear that Jesus suit, people are going to come after you. Oh, yeah. Enemy's going to yeah. turn up the, the heat. But you also have the power of the resurrection sitting right behind your sternum. If that doesn't get you uh, hyped or confident in everything that you're doing, we need to revisit that one. You have the power of the resurrection. That which called Jesus out of the tomb, you have access to that. Amen. Come on now. See, i got to be a little bit more animated second service because you guys are kind of sleepy. <laughs> I think I say it every single Sunday. No, I'm playing. But then, we look at this response after the ten became indignant to the two. And he's responding to all of them. And he responds by saying, he responds in the, the area of authority. Talking about authority. And I think it's so potent. There's, there's a reason why he's doing this. And he just says, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it's not this way among you. He speaks exactly to where the disciples are. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you can, you can put on like a Christian all day long. And you can fake me out. You know what? You can fake each other out. You can do it till kingdom comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Everyone knows me as a great Christian. I do my due diligence. But Jesus knows your heart. And you cannot run from Jesus. You cannot do it. But He's such a forgiving God that He will bring you back around. Call it double loop learning. He'll bring you back around to that same spot until you get it. Because He wants you to get it. He doesn't want you to struggle. He doesn't want you to continue to go through this cyclical, I can do this on my own, and then revelation, oh, I can't, Jesus, here you are, and then all of a sudden things go great, I can do this on my own, revelation, Jesus, I need, you guys struggling with me? 
He speaks right to the, where the disciples are and they said, if you're chasing promotion, if you're chasing advancing, then I'm going to give you exactly what you need. You need to serve. And you need to be a slave. Now, slavery back then was repaying a debt. Had nothing to do with whips and the idea that we have of slavery today, okay? I mean, that was real, but I just want to make that distinction. So, with that being said, it brought me to this place where I asked this question. Is it my responsibility to advance in this world? I got two disciples right here. We have two disciples. I say I like they're mine. We got two disciples right here who are after promotion. We live in a society that is after promotion. So I ask myself the question, is that my responsibility to make sure that I advance in this world? And according to the world, yes. But I'll tell you what, according to Scripture, no. Now it is my responsibility to be a good steward of what the Lord has given me. And when the opportunity presents itself to seize the day. But it's not my responsibility to create a situation for me to advance. And you know how I know that? Because Scripture tells me. Let's go to Isaiah 22. 22. It's not on the screen. But if you could flip over there, I want you to have eyes on it. Because don't take my word for it. Oh, wrong way. Uh, Isaiah 22, 22, here we go. And this is in reference to Jesus. The he and the his in this scripture is a prophecy about Jesus. All right, Isaiah is littered with that. But Isaiah 22, 22 speaks about doors. Opportunities. All right. Now, there's more in the word about opportunities and doors being open and doors being shut than just this one. But I think this one hits home. It says this. Then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulders. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. You know what that means? No door has ever opened for you except when God said yes. But guess what else? No door that is open, any man can't come and shut that door. Because God opened it up. Yes, amen. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the scripture is all over the, the Bible about the fact that only a door can swing open because of Jesus. Because of God. Doors are shut because of Him. Now, think about this. When a door opens, how easy is it to just walk through the door? It's, it's easy. It's, it just works. When a door's shut and we want it to open, we get out our battering ram and we run into this thing over and over and over and say, Lord, I'm just doing this in your name and I just want to this, that, and the other thing and it just looks like this is what you want me to do. And he's saying, look, man, the, stop beating your head on the door. It's closed for a reason. Because I have a bigger one that you can walk through if you would just pick your head up and look around. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's when it's hard is because we're trying to open up the doors. Hey, guess what? I've been there. I will throw my hand up in the air and say, I do that. Okay, if you don't, then you're probably not being real. Let's just be real about being real. Okay? <laughs> we all do it. But here's the thing. 
It's not my responsibility to advance. It's my responsibility that when that door opens for me to walk through it. Because he made each and every one of us and then he threw away the mold. But he did put us, put himself in us when we asked him to reside right here. So that means that the kingdom is, is the light of the kingdom is shown through you in a way that only you can project to the world. Does that make sense? Every diamond is different. But when that light is shined on that diamond, man, it projects something that is specific to that rock. I'm saying it's the same thing for each and every one of you. When you let him shine through you, it's specific to you. So when you walk through that door, you just have to be willing to say, here's my heart. Use me on the other side of this threshold. You guys trucking with me this morning? Amen. Ooh, it's good stuff. Right? So he's continuing to talk to his disciples about authority here. Communicating, it's not your job to be able... Jesus, I guess, let me say this, is saying it's not my job to appoint you on the left or the right. That's up to somebody else. All you need to do, James and John, rest of the disciples, is be concerned about serving. And then he ends with a statement that is so potent and deep that I hope that we grasp this this morning. You walk out of here with anything, walk out with this. That verse 45. He says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. He's got to get His disciples to a place where they can hear that. So He talks about the authorities with the Gentiles. And saying that there's a little bit of a misuse of authority there, but nonetheless it's an authority. Now let's just, let me just ask you this question. If you aspire to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you want to go to the top of the top, that's a pretty high seat, right? That's up there. I mean, that'd be fun. You fly everywhere, right? Helicopter to go get a burger and come back. I'm in. McDonald's might not like me landing on their roof, but that's okay. You know? Think about the highest authority ever created in the, in the world. Jesus is above that. And what he's communicating in verse 45 is the greatest authority that exists ever. Beck was saying that, I love it. He planted himself inside of a womb of a sinner. Didn't own a stick his entire life. But he could breathe and the entire cosmos is created. That man even came to serve. He's saying the highest authority that exists to man is still here to serve. So it doesn't matter if I'm the janitor at a Fortune 500 company or the CEO or any, anybody in between. You and I in here today, we're here to serve too. If the big guy upstairs is doing that, <laughs> you better believe that if Jesus is in us and we're supposed to do it like Jesus did, then he's asking us to serve and just come from that plate, period. Are you with me this morning? Yeah, man. Amen. Yeah. See, this title says the race to the bottom. This world communicates to you 
that you're supposed to step on everybody to get where you need to go. That I just, eh, I got to get the bigger house, the bigger car, the better this, the better that. And I got to work, 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 work. And he's just saying, mm, you guys got it backwards. It's not that the Bible does it different. The Bible does it correct. The world does it different and incorrect. See, he took this pyramid scheme, if you will, stepping on people to get to the top. That one person up there, Jesus, he took that whole thing and he just went whoosh. He flipped it upside down. And he said, because of who I am, what I came to do, you should be racing to the bottom to lift everybody up. You should, be wanna, you should wanna get your face so far in the carpet that, I mean, you, you find stuff you don't wanna find down there. To be so low that everything that you do glorifies the Lord and lifts people up around you and you serve in your social environment and you just pour out. Are you with me this morning? Amen. Seriously. We could call it, and it's been called this before, uh, the upside down kingdom. That you are trying so hard to just get to the lowest, however, I, how do I communicate it? The lowest uh, job description, authority, whatever, just truck with me on it, right? <laughs> trying to get as far down as you can. Because the word says, whoever's last is going to be first. I want that. Not so that I can say, hey, I'm number one because I was down there. But I tell you what, as a leader, I had to learn how to follow before I could lead. And I'm still following. I don't want to be the guy up on top of the block with all the people pulling the thing with the whip. I want to be out in front saying, here we go. Grab that rope. But then, let's revisit this question. What is your most effective position? Posture in the kingdom. Let's turn to 2 Kings real quick. 2 Kings 4, and it's going to be, we're going to be starting off in verse 1. You guys with me this morning? Hallelujah. I like that. Again, this is not because Jesus needs something. This is more so a foundational, fundamental aspect, like I said before, of following Jesus. I just want you to know, and I'm, I'm under this as well, that I, I, I kind of touched on this earlier, but I just feel like I've got to revisit this again. You will get found out. I will get found out. Because if what's in me is not Jesus, then what comes out of me is not Jesus. Now that's something that we, I, I love so much that He's not a God of control. He's not going to make you do that. But when you do it, the return on the investment is unbelievable. It fills you up and it fills everyone else up around you. But let me just say this. When the fruit's not there, Amen. ladies and gentlemen, it's not there. You have to deal with God on that one. Not me. Oh, not me. So that was a little rabbit trail, kind of. 
But let's bring it back to the Second Kings 4, verse 1. And here's a story of a woman who, uh, her husband just died. And her husband uh, works for an individual who is considered a creditor. And we'll, we'll see this in the story as I read it. But she knows that the creditors are going to come after her because she's got some debt to repay. So she approaches the man of God, Elisha. And he says to her, well, what do you have in your house? And she says, the only thing I have in my house is a jar of oil. He's like, okay, I want you to go get that jar. But what I also want you to do is I want you to go to your neighbors and go get a bunch of large vessels, all right? And don't get a few, get a bunch. Put them in your house, you and your sons, close the door behind you, and I want you to start pouring that jar of oil into these vessels until it stops. And she does this. And she's so ingrained in what's going on that she's like, just pass the next one, pass the next one. She says, pass the next vessel to her son, and he's like, look, we're, we're out, there's no more. And the oil stops. The amount of oil that was poured into those vessels allowed her to repay her debt, and she had enough to live off of. So, before I get to like the, the home run with this story, let's read this and see what's going on here. To answer the question, what's your most effective posture or position in the kingdom? Starting off in verse 1 of chapter 4, 2 Kings, it says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Now again, that's to repay the debt. That's the idea of slavery in the Bible. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Now whether that be the only thing that was in there, it really doesn't matter. It was probably the only thing of any value that could come close to something that she could sell or do well with. I don't know. But she says, this is all that I have in my house. Then he said, verse 3, Go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. She poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is, none, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons can live off the rest, on the rest. When you answer that question, what's your most effective position in the kingdom? With the thing that is valuable to you, valuable in you. Let me say that. What the Lord has put in you. This woman had this jar of oil. And the only way that it was able to take care of her needs, pay the creditor, live off of the rest, was that she took that jar and she had to turn it upside down. She had to let what was in that jar be poured out. 
Your most effective position or posture in the kingdom is when you're turned upside down and you're being poured out. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Because it brings you to a place where all of your needs are taken care of and then some. Now, I missed this in first service. But if you were to turn to... Um, I think I got it. I want to give you the right scripture reference here. The story of Mary Magdalene is she poured the perfume on Jesus' feet. Alright, that's, that's very expensive stuff. I think it's in John 12 or John 14. But here's what I want to comment on. Is that if you read that story, as she poured this stuff out onto Jesus' feet, guess who piped up? Judas Iscariot. And he said, what are you doing, woman? Why don't you go sell that in the market for 300 denarii and then give it to the poor? And Jesus responds with, she's doing exactly what she needs to do. She's pouring it out for the person that it, it matters most for. Now that woman with the jar in 2 Kings could have gone and sold that. She probably wouldn't have had enough to pay the creditors and would definitely not have enough to live off of. But she did exactly what God asked her to do through Elisha. She poured it out. And everything was taken care of. I'll say it again. Your most effective position in the kingdom of God is pouring yourself out, is serving, because He's got the rest taken care of. It's not your responsibility to open up doors for yourself. Number one, you can't do it. So the energy put towards that, just stop. Just stop. But he did say, whatever I have given you, be a good steward of it. Keep working. And then Colossians 3.23 comes in. Everything that you do, do it for the Lord. Don't do it for man. That's a big one. That's one of my life verses. You guys trucking with me this morning? Amen. So again, if you walk out of here with anything, walk out of here understanding the authority that we serve. A loving authority, but it's real. And he says in verse 45, even that authority came to serve and not be served. So as I look at that as a pastor, and I say, how do I serve the sheep? I said this a little bit at the beginning of service. It's one thing for me to ask you to serve, but you to have no clue where or how. Now again, I'm not asking anybody in here to be the leader of a ministry. I'm not asking that. Now if the Lord does, I mean, if He takes you there, hallelujah, that's between you and Him. <laughs> He's going to tell us, He's going to tell me, and we can come in agreement on that, right? But I, I will tell you this, because of His nature, because of who He is, man, we are called to serve whether we like it or not. And that's just the cold hard truth. It doesn't become this thing that you now have to check off your list every day. Oh, I served. Oh, I served. Now, nah, see, that's a, that's a pharisaical way of thinking, if, I even, if that's even a word. Okay? It's not about religion this morning. It's about a relationship. That when you are in right relationship with Him, that's what comes out. Matthew 7, 20. They will know them by their fruit. I want to be known by wanting to serve. Not by my sin. Not by the crap in my life. Not by even the good stuff in my life. That hey, he can, he can build things. That's great. He used to play football. That's great. After a while, like that just fades. 
I used to be known as Alex the football player. It was sweet. It's awesome. And like three years after I graduated, it's like that. That's not cool anymore, man. Like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> that was just for me. No disrespect, brother. I know that you're on the team. You're good. You're good. No disrespect. All right. We got athletes in here. But are you guys are you guys catching what I'm saying this morning? Let yourself be poured out. Because it will not only take care of your needs, but it will fill you up. That doesn't make sense. But guess what? The kingdom really doesn't ever make sense. It won't make sense when you line it up and try to see it through the world's eyes. When you see it through scripture, it makes perfect sense. Amen? Again, that little insert that you have in your... Uh, in your uh, bulletin. We should pull that out. Because we're going to kind of transition to the, the ending of this service. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to what has been preached this morning. Just like we do every Sunday. As the word goes out, it should not return void. It never returns void. That doesn't mean there has to be a response on a Sunday morning. But hey, I don't know how many times I've heard uh, a word given any given day of the week and it hits me two, three days later. I'm driving. I got to pull over. I'm in the, the store trying to buy Oreos and the Lord says no. And I'm saying, I'm just kidding. Okay. You guys, I'm telling you, we got to work on this. We got to work on this. But you got this insert right here. And there's eight, there's four ministries on the front, four in the back. But that's not all of what we're trying to do here at Jesus Christ Fellowship. This is about half of the ministries that we want to be able to offer. Simply because here are the eight ministries that we have leaders for. So we're just going. We're building the plane while it's flying. Alright? Uh, for example, I would love to have a social media ministry that does nothing but handle social media. It's, there's a time for it. Uh, does nothing but handle social media between the ministries and the community making sure that that's taken care of things have come across my table where we have a uh, 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 a shuttle ministry where we go pick people up and bring them to church I know other churches do that but I want to do that here see those are other things that aren't listed but what you see here all the way to the left is just that ministry name in the middle column it's the ministry leader the only one that is vacant, you see, is the men's ministry, but we have Jeff Francis' name in there um, because the Lord feels as though he's putting that on his heart to move over to that ministry. And Jeff is the guy on the drums um, playing in the worship band for us. But these ministry leaders, Taylor Huffman and Misty, do the children's. Veronica Arnold, you've heard, you've heard her speak a bunch of times. She takes care of the mercy stuff. Um, Lauren Huffman, missions ministry, if you're interested in any of that, the reason why I'm calling these names out is because I want you to have a, a, a face, excuse me, a name to a ministry, and in the next few weeks, you're going to have a, a face to that name. Um, we'll have two of our ministries get up and just give you a little bit of 30, 45 second blurb of just who they are, what they do, um, just so that you can have that in front of you. Uh, Brett Lambert, Matt and Kirsten Henn, they take care of operations and service support. Um, Security, Tom Thrasher, you'll hear from him today. The women's ministry is Lindsay Easton, that's Beck's wife. And you see Kayla running around here, always trying to connect with people. She's a ball of fire. If you don't know Kayla, it's kind of like, you probably come to church and sit in this back room because she will find you, okay? She will find you. <laughs> and then worship, Jared Howe on the guitar. 
But all the way to the right, I'm not going to go through all those details. These, these, this is for you to read. But these are ways in which each of those ministries may need help on a volunteer level. Again, not something that we're asking you to completely take over, but can you help once a month set up flags outside that say ESS on them? Can you help once a month praying with the women's ministry for the women? Can you help once a month with uh, walking the building's second service for security? Who, who knows? But what I want to do is present this to you and say, here's where you can serve because it's a fundamental thing of being a follower of Christ. It doesn't just have to happen here. Let me say that. It can happen anywhere. But why not in the local church? Amen? Amen. The sheet you're supposed to tear off right there is just, you know, check the box. Multiple choice. You can't, there's no wrong answer. I just want to let you know that. All right? Those top two are important. Because we want to be able to connect with you. If you say, check the top box, I have prayerfully considered and am not currently in a position to serve, you know what? Amen. Okay, the Lord is going to speak to you about you in all aspects, serving as well. If you check that second box, I am ready to serve. Amen. The Lord is going to speak to you about you in all aspects of your life and that one. And He will give you details to that. He'll put you right where He wants you to be. Are you with me on that? So the boxes through there, just whatever things interest you, give us your name, email, phone number so that we can connect with you. We, weren't. we are not telemarketers, okay? We're not going to call you off the hook. I cannot stand that, alright? We just want to connect. And yes, this is different than our friendship cards, alright? Those are weekly things. This is something that we're doing only in this season. But we just want to make sure that we communicate areas and ways you guys can get plugged in. Alright? So here's what we're going to do with this. I want to be able to give you some time after hearing the message. Me presenting to you that insert. I want to give you time to hear God's voice this morning. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up here. And let's get prepared for our offering and prepared for our uh, communion. This morning is communion as well. We do that every first Sunday of the month. So I'm going to have the band play just a little bit. And I want you to do this. I want you to be serious about asking the Lord this question in this time. Now, Lord, where do you want me to serve? You know what? He might say, I want you to go serve at the Open Door Mission downtown. That's not in one of those boxes, okay? That's okay. But to not ask is to, is for me not to be, to not give you a time to ask, let me say that, is for me not to be a good leader. Um, and so, keep looking over that thing. We're going to be doing this for the next four Sundays. So it's not like you got to turn this thing in today. Alright, let the Lord speak to you. Um, you have a chance to, to turn it in at some point. Even if it's, hey, I'm good. So Jared, why don't you go ahead and just, let's just start playing. Uh, I'm going to pray. Uh, we're going to take a couple minutes here and then I'll ask the, the offering to come up. Alright, so you guys can just hang on for a second. And then we'll get into communion. I'll walk you guys through that.
Heavenly Father, as we jump into this time, Father, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to what it is that you're saying to us. God, that we would be able to hear your voice when you say go. And in your word, like it says, we, we, can, we can ask detailed questions. Understanding that we have a detailed God. But Lord, you're going to answer our questions according to what our heart needs. Father, and according to your will. So this morning as we take just a little bit of time to listen. I just pray that you would speak to us this morning. And we would prayerfully consider on a serious level where you want us to serve. Where do you want me to serve Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Yes, the Lord is, I don't know who, but the Lord is trying to let somebody or some people know that you can't tell him how to do anything. You can't show Jesus how to do anything. We come with our plans and we want God to jump behind them, but we need to jump behind Jesus. And right now I'm just feeling that there is somebody that's been having a plan and just so frustrated because God has not been working that plan the way they want them to. And the Lord wants you to know to just leave that plan alone. Just walk away from that plan and look to Jesus because he's the plan maker. He's the way maker. He's already been making the way. You just need to stop it. And you know when Jesus starts looking at, when Jesus, like Alex was saying today, when, the, when Jesus opened those doors, nobody can shut them. But when he shuts the door, nobody can open them and you just need to leave that alone and quit dealing with that with you know them shut doors they're shut no matter what you might want for you you got to start plugging into what Jesus wants for you and I'm just just feeling right now that some people have been doing that some people have been the last two weeks have been feeling and compelled to move away from that but we need to get out of our comfort zones hallelujah because those comfort zones just act as ruts for us they're comfortable and we just stay there but we do not serve a stagnant God Jesus is moving all the time everywhere and we need to stop with that comfort zone stuff because Jesus is saying hey I'm, I'm, I'm pulling you you're going against the flow you think you're going with the flow but you're going against the flow because I'm moving hallelujah I'm moving and I need to move in you and what it is you're going to just get run over in that rush so right now we need to just leave it alone and give it up to God I know it's, it's something about in the last two weeks the Lord has been working on somebody's heart to pull them through to pull them out of that rough to give them spiritual boldness to come on out and right now we're just going to praise the Lord for that we're going to just thank the Lord because we got to put it in his hands it's all in his hands we're in his hands the Lord sees you right now the Lord feels you right now so hallelujah right now in his name we just want to give it up we just want to give it give god a, a big hand clap right now give god some praise hallelujah because he's worthy and he's real and he's ready to move right now this is the season this is your season hallelujah just listen to the lord let him carry you through amen hallelujah thank you thank you for that miss valerie Father, we just want to let that work. We want that to set in to us this morning, Father. And we just say we accept it. Lord, that if that is us, if that if we are that person, we're trying to jump in front of you, then Lord, we want to be convicted this morning. 
we want to let that conviction run deep. It's one thing to have something revealed to us, Lord. It's another thing to accept it and to then walk either in that, that direction, which is towards you, or the opposite direction, Father, uh, which doesn't lead anywhere good. It's on us to decide, Father, because you're opening up a door this morning. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to do what it is that you're doing today in our hearts, Father. We need you, Lord. I think there's more to that. What I want to do right now, let's just bring this offering forward. Let me pray for this. Let's just get this out of the way. Because the Lord wants to do some stuff this morning. Father, we thank you for uh, the offering, Lord. We want to bless it. We want you to bless it. We pray that it's a blessing to you. That we can give and it can be a sign of worship, Father. That it's it's another foundational, fundamental thing of being a follower of Christ. You say in your word that Malachi 3.10, test me in this. It's your word, Father. It's not the church. It's, it's your word. So I just pray that you would uh, allow us to give joyfully, Lord. And bless whatever gets put in there because it's all yours anyway. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and pass that. Thank you very much. That, did that word hit anybody? Did it hit you? If it hit you, put your hand up. All right. Hallelujah. I think what the Lord wants to do is He wants to do more of that. He wants, he wants how do I say this? He wants to cultivate that in you. He wants to till the soil in you when it comes to jumping in front of Him. That was for you. If not, hopefully something else hit you today. I really, I really hope that. Sometimes we get up here, we have a way that we want to end the service, and the Lord's like, Look, buddy, I want you to do it my way. I'm, I'm really trying to listen to the Lord in the moment. If what He wants to do today, let me have these two gentlemen come up here because I need y'all to have a face to a name, and they're just going to give you a little 30 seconds, a little 30 second blurb on what they, what they do ways you would be able to connect with them. So go ahead. First we have uh, Thomas Thrasher. Again, uh, Tom Thrasher. I am the Chief of Security and uh, basically the whole purpose of this uh, this little ministry is to uh, protect the flock. So it's watching out um, for people in here, making sure walking around uh, the perimeter, not perimeter, but the campus and just seeing if the cars are fine, handing out bulletins, greeting people. Um, so, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, and just so you guys know, we take that very seriously. Uh, it's something that needs to be taken care of on a Sunday morning. We can talk about it later. I'll give you statistics and whatnot, but security in churches is something that is very important. Um, so, I just want you to know we are we got people on there, but if you want to be a part of it, go ahead. I'm Brett Lambert, uh, Director of Operations, I guess, and that's kind of a broad area. You saw a few of the items that we do, and it's, it encompasses Sunday morning, but it also encompasses a number of other things. And so, uh, ministry is certainly of stewardship uh, as well as service, and there are lots of things that just need to be done faithfully and regularly so that we can put on service and so the worship team can you know invite the spirit in and we can glorify God in all that we do. So we 
we have with you right now. Sunday portion of that stuff. Do you want to add anything, Matt? Not really. Okay. Good. I kind of prattled on the first service, so I'll knock it off. But I'd encourage you. There's many ways to use gifts and gifts and talents. And I just encourage you to talk to one of us if you're feeling like that's something you might want to do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. And just so you know, Matt. Matt takes care of like vacuuming and taking out the trash, and the boy does a good job. That is a heart. The man has a heart of a servant. Uh, deacon. Let's just ask him to do something. He's going to do it. So those are two ministries that uh, if you feel called to help out, help out. Please do. But here's what we're going to do this morning. That word, jumping in front of the Lord. The Lord wants you to stop doing that. What we're going to do with communion here is I'm going to, I'm going to, we got communion here on the right and on the left. Right and left for you guys going to get up and go down the center aisle and get what you need and go back to your seat. But I want you to get before the Lord on this. What was communicated through Valerie? You can't outdo God. There's nothing you can do to outdo Him. It's like a little kid on the playground that says, watch me. Look, look what I'm going to do for you. And he's like, amen. I put that in you. But I don't want what you can do for me. I want you your heart. That's it. You guys with me this morning? So let's, I'm going to pray for communion real quick and then we're going to stand up and get this. So Father, I thank you so much how you communicate in your word that communion is something that is, is, is very serious, Lord. You actually say, if you don't know me, if you don't know Christ, to not take communion because you will actually uh, bring down a curse on you, on yourself. But there's a remedy to that. You have a remedy for everything. You say, all, all we have to do is just accept you into our hearts as our, as our Lord and personal Savior, Lord. And that's, that's nothing that a man can do. You, you prepare that. You prepare a man's heart for that. Lord, we got to turn to you. So in this moment right now, Father, as we have heard what we've heard this morning, I pray that if there's anybody in this room today who has not given their heart to the Lord fully and completely and said, Lord, be my personal Savior, my Lord and personal Savior, so that this, the gap that has been created by sin can be closed. And we can have a relationship with the Lord. And our head knowledge turns into heart knowledge, which turns into feet moving, Father, and bearing fruit. If there's anybody in here who doesn't know Jesus, and you want today to be the day that you finally know Him, then just raise your hand right now. Pray for you and welcome you into the kingdom of God. But if that's you, don't miss this opportunity. He's moving. He's talking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. Continue to cultivate and till the soil, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. So let's stand to our feet. Let's come down the floor. And I know you want us to fully understand the weight of what we're doing here. Lord, it's best communicated through the Last Supper when you had your disciples all sitting at a table. You picked up a piece of bread. Lord, we got that little wafer in our hand that represents that bread. And Lord, you broke that bread. You passed it around and you, you began speaking to the disciples saying, look, this is my flesh. This is what I'm about to give for you and for all creation. What I want you to do is continue this. Consume that peace 
loaf of bread. And Lord, this morning we consume that little wafer. We eat that. You told your disciples to do that in remembrance of you. So this morning, Lord, as we eat that wafer, we say, we remember, Father, the trek to the cross. The fact that you took a massive, severe, brutal, bloody beating for me. For me. And Lord, you're convicting us this morning that how could we ever step in front of that? That is the greatest gift we've ever been given. We don't want to step in front of that this morning, Lord. And then you took that cup that was full of that wine, same thing you pass it around and you said drink of this because this is my blood this is what is going to be poured out to be paid for all sin for the penalty of sin which is death we don't have to deal with that anymore lord we know we have to deal with the consequences of sin but you paid for the penalty of sin you told your disciples to consume that wine as we drink that cup this morning we do that in remembrance of you knowing that there's nothing else that could have paid the price and Lord we don't want to step in front of that this morning convict us in that get us into right relationship with you Father we know that you're speaking to us all day every day we want to listen and say here's our heart here's my heart Lord we want to serve Father because highest authority that exists is here to serve and we want to do the same so let's let's stand to our feet this morning let's close with this song and let the Lord just speak to you in this moment yes Father we just thank you Lord we are grateful Lord that as much as we mess up on a day to day basis you don't wipe us out <laughs> Father you have every right to do that but the only reason we woke up this morning is because you have more to get out of us not for the sake of just getting from us Lord but you put something in there you put something in me and the word says that at the end of my life I'm going to look just like you that means everybody in here at the end of your life you're going to look just like Jesus because he's going to get out of you what he put in you this morning Father I pray that we submit to that because I do not want to beat my head against the door anymore I just want to walk through the open door so Father I say here I am Lord we say here we are thank you so much for what you're doing this morning I pray that it goes beyond today that it's not just a Sunday morning experience that Lord will transform by the word of God and the movement of the Holy Spirit. Be with us as we go from here. God, I pray that you would protect everybody in this room. Clothe them in the spirit. Allow them to be protected by your word. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.